Abnormals. Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I am Macy. And I'm Naomi. And I'm Sarah. And <laughs> we are three anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things and kind of whatever we want. Woo! I think I'm first today. We're diving into the vortex. You are first today. And uh, we're all equally important, though. Hmm. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I like that context. But I'm, I'm still first. You're definitely the center of the room. And so I, we're in, currently in the apocalypse right now. Become our Patreon if you want to know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to do a little bit of a light topic. Hmm. And I st- kind of stumbled across this. As one sarcastic, does. Sarcastic, being light, meaning it's very heavy. <laughs> it is heavy, <laughs> yet light. Oh. I'm going to mm-hmm. share with you about cow tipping. Oh, the okay. disturbing power of an urban legend, or is it? So I grew up in Snohomish, which the high school there is dubbed Cow Pie High because there are a tremendous amount of cows there, and they leave cow pies that get all hard on the outside, but they're soft and gooey on the inside, so you don't want to step on them. Um, and that's the cow tipping thing. Because I remember that being talked about a lot. Never done. Never I did heard not know that way. Person. Why it was called a cow pie. Because it's... Like, <laughs> no, it literally looks like a pie. And that's my pie. Yeah. Yeah. Visual, but not like the consistency of like a pie. Oh yeah, no, it's gooey inside and warm. Like Do you remember pie? I shared a long time ago on the podcast <laughs> my shame? I'm ashamed of this. But when I was in high school, I had um, a friend that was a little bit older, like early 20s. That would kind of just do whatever like I wanted, Matthew you know. Just hanging around the high school. Well, he lived across from the high school. He had a pool. He could buy alcohol. You know, he was like that guy. But he kind of would do whatever we want. And so my friend and I took him up to go find magic mushrooms. And we'd heard like they grow in cow pies. So we would find like mushrooms growing cow pies and make him like try them out. <laughs> To I see if they're it. the right kind, but they like had cow shit on them. You didn't watch the parts? No, I never mean, played it a little like. Is that part of the like? You know, is- I never did that. I don't know. And it, it just made him hurl, and I feel bad now. But oh. At the time, I was like, so are they the right kind? Come on, get through it. Were they ever the right kind? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe they were, and that's why I don't remember. You guys didn't wash them off. So you've heard of cow tipping? Yes. Have you heard of yes, cow tipping? Mm-hmm. And what have you always thought about that? I mean, it's not very nice to the animals to be going out. So you've thought it was a thing? Pushing animals down, that's not nice. Uh, I've seen it on TV, in movies and things, but... Fictional, right? Fictional. I honestly, I just have a hard time imagining it being possible, but I don't know that. When they're supposedly sleeping and you like push them and then they fall, or you yell at them and then they fall. I mean, I come from pretty farmy backgrounds though for like some areas of my life. So to me, I've like, I've been around cows and I've never have seen like a, I've never seen it actually happen. But it's always been a thing. That I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Let's go um, I mean. Yeah. So the idea. I'm not cool enough to be invited for cow tipping. I don't know. <laughs> the idea is like 
you sneak up on a cow that's sleeping standing up and you can push it over. That's like the whole cow tipping thing. So I, like you all, have always heard of it. Don't look it up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm taking a note of possible titles. No. Well, yes, titles and things that I can say at the end. If I have a little ting moment. Okay. Okay. So remember that? No. Have you seen me once? Okay. So I, like you, have always heard of it and thought it was a thing. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's not a thing. It's not real. Apparently, it's an urban legend, according to the experts. I forgot it. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was very confused by this because when I first started out on this topic, I was fully expecting to like talk about cow tipping, like like adventures with it and like their experiences with it. Like when they maybe how it went wrong. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But what I kept finding was article upon article upon article about how it's not real, it's not possible. And I was just like, what? The power of an urban legend is that powerful that pool on the roof of the high school. So Mm -hmm. I was like, no. So I'm I'm just diving deep. I'm like, I have to find proof this is real. Yeah, I don't like this. Has a lot to do with my topic. We're linked. So you know, I'm always I want a believer. (laughs) And so when I you know Google search this, of course Wikipedia is like at the top. So I'm like, I'll see what Wikipedia has to say. And this Wikipedia article is hilarious. I have never... Because people can contribute to it, right? So it's... But it's usually very cut and dry. It's very serious. This thing is written like a, a comedian, a, a comedy writing team. That's awesome. Wrote it, oh yeah. God. So I'll share some of the photos and the captions, which I'm like, somebody is making fun of me, basically. <laughs> And other people that think cow tipping is real. So studies have been conducted to determine if cow tipping is theoretically possible. And everybody agrees cows are large, right? They could be like 2,000 pounds. And everybody agrees that they're difficult to surprise. Everybody agrees that they would generally resist attempts to be tipped. (laughs) I would. Yeah. (laughs) And estimates suggest that at least four and possibly as many as 14 adults would be required to achieve this. So because you're basically restraining an animal down to the ground. (laughs) Physicists have spent a lot of time breaking this down. How much time? A lot. There's graphs. There's formulas. I was impressed by the level of research that has gone into cow tipping. How far have we gotten on the world hunger thing? <laughs> a non- well, I was glad to find this. Well, this was also a good reminder to me that entertainment is important and distractions are important. Like you can't just be in the shit all the time. Like you have you to, in the cow you have to laugh. You have to like see, see the levity of life. Uh, even in the midst of, of hell, you know? For sure. Um, 
That's something that I, that's why I've always identified with the show Shameless. I've always felt it was kind of like my family, like we'll fucking rally and like approach things with positivity, no matter how bad it is. I watch it and, and it's really triggering for me. And I'm like, ah, uh, this is because being, I, there's just things about it that I'm like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> I, when the whole I, family I, gets together though, that I'm like, yes, I love that. When they all get together for that common cause. I feel like that's the white's family way. Like we will fucking rally and and we'll laugh in the middle of hardship. Like we're a very happy family, actually. So it's really gonna be difficult to find a non-reacting cow. Cows have very sensitive hearing. They have big ears and, and they, smell. they do this. Like, yeah, and their noses are very big. My sister had a cow named Copper, and Copper was adorable. I don't They're think so you could sneak up on Copper. Then they ate. Copper. Remember we met those cows up at the I meat place? Copper. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. you had that was like your spirit animal. I felt a, a real connection <laughs> with that one cow. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that cow had a real connection with me too. I feel like it was mutual. Mm-hmm. And I felt it. You were well. its spirit animal. Did you feel like, that? No. <laughs> Did you Three see us so looking powerful. eyes gazing? Just reading. <laughs> <laughs> we had an aura around us, a bubble. Aww. Well, like with equine therapy and stuff, like that connection piece is like mm-hmm. supposedly there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And horses are very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Attune to hu- the human nature. Sheep are stupid AF. Don't even get that twisted. <laughs> but cows are pretty smart. As the urban legend goes, because cows sleep standing up, it's possible to approach them and push them over. And it's mostly, you know, drunk teens out in the middle of the night that go do these kind of things. And in the like the myth of this or the story. It's always the cow just tips over. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> stiff, like like, <laughs> like just tips over. Uh, that's kind of how I, I when, when you shared your um story earlier and you shared about flipping. Or, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Maybe you got. <laughs> Maybe it's not good. I mean, you thought you would be aware, and yeah, shit, never can prepare. So I've always just kind of accepted that, and it wasn't until really diving into that, I'm like, I never really put two and two together, like what happens, like after you push the cow. I just assumed it would just go like tip over, like it's stiff, and it just stays asleep. But like its legs would have to break though. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's, like it would have to be sleeping really hard, and I guess that's what I always thought, like. Wow, cows sleep really hard, really fucking hard. Well, I was thinking like they're like, not gonna wake up. Like, fight or flight or freeze mode. Like I figured they would tip over and just still be sleeping there on the ground. But like, how would they ever protect themselves against anything in the wild if that literally like they That's go into okay. a coma at nighttime? I'm sure right. the cougars would figure that out. <laughs> but how you? But we all thought this was a thing. I mean, I. But like deer in the headlight, deers will free deer. Deers will freeze. Deer, deer, deer is a plural. Deer it's like die. moose, moose and eagle. Maybe die or deer. <laughs> they freeze in the face of fear, so that's what I was thinking was happening with the cow. It's not. It's, it's not like, fear though. It's the light. It's the headlights. Deer in the headlights. Right, as right. the saying goes. But it's now. I feel like I've tripped upon. That's a whole other topic. Well, no. Yeah. Now I'm. Am I just repeating a 
another urban moment yeah like is it because of the lights or is it because they're scared i don't know like scared them though so let's say you are able to sneak up on a cow that they do sleep standing up but they only sleep lightly so they're going to be easily awakened um it's believed that this urban legend really blew up in the 80s because it was in lots of movies tommy boy right heathers. that's kind of what a tommy boy comes to mind for and me. heathers they have the famous right. date scene where they go out there in the cars cartoon the cars movie beavis and butthead it's in like a lot of things and so i really started thinking wow how gullible and impressionable they are just show us a couple fiction movies and be like oh that's real mm-hmm. you know and you just accept it mm-hmm. so I, gosh Stories about cow tipping tend to be secondhand told by somebody who knows somebody else who has done it. So it's not even like them saying I did it. It's like, oh yeah, I've heard of like I've just said that, like, yeah, I've heard people talk about it. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, that it to me is the most disturbing that part of this whole thing that we just believe shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the whole underlying message here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this Wikipedia article goes on and it just it does explain, which I thought was really funny, that cattle may need to be deliberately tipped over, you know, for certain types of husbandry practices or medical treatment. But when this is done for medical purposes, um it's they use like a special table that mm-hmm. like cinches the cow and like turns it on its side well i know like it's called casting goats Mm -hmm. goats are similar thing um because you kind of have to like get them in a specific position to the like bring legs out and they do do that (laughs) they do do that leg position when you do that because because they're supported and then they go down slowly Mm -hmm. um you know goat tipping it's a thing have you ever the the fainting goats those are fun oh they yeah. do fall over yeah see that's what i would think maybe is where the cow thing came like from. people mistook cows for goats maybe the fainting cows so that's yeah. obviously different maybe. but the wikipedia yes. article put it in so you scare a goat and they really do go Arr. no the fainting goats are completely real yeah so i've like seen i've seen those here I i've seen them okay a crisscross applesauce yeah i mean but no one's pushing them right it's like telephone now I don't think I don't think these people have seen Tommy Boy and are actually relating it to fainting goats. Like it, to me, that's like a specialty subcategory of knowledge. Um, I wouldn't go that far. No, <laughs> no, no. Some people don't know a lot. I mean, some people aren't goat barn grand champions, so it's fine. All right, and animals just be animals, being animals. They bark and yeah, because they. So this Wikipedia article also talks about that, like we may intentionally do it for medical purposes, but that's completely different than cow tipping as the urban legend goes. Uh, the The Wikipedia article also says cows may inadvertently tip themselves. So due to their bulk and relatively short legs, cattle can't roll over. So those that lie down and roll to their sides with their feet pointing uphill, may become stuck and unable to rise without assistance, which actually right. can be fatal. I mean, I I resonate. Sometimes I fall off the bed and I'm too close to the bed and I'm like struggling for a second to figure out 
how to then get back up. I have had beanbag incidents where I'm oh, like, right. I'm never getting out of this fucking beanbag. I had that one time I was in the skate bowl. I never got out of yeah. there. I mean, I did, but my soul stayed. Your soul, your soul is still down in the bottom of that skate bowl. No, I, I now have an anxiety disorder because <laughs> of that one experience in my life. So there are real documented cases of cows tipping themselves inadvertently. But again, this is different than the urban legend. Autonomy. This is cows tipping themselves, having a mishap, not being able to get right, it. Right, like, don't look at me. I Like, I'll figure this out or I'll die. That's kind of how I feel if I do something embarrassing like that in front of people. Just, like, walk away. If I die, this is how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Nothing to see here. Yeah. So trauma or, or illness may result in a cow unable to get back up if it falls. Such animals are sometimes called, make a guess. Okay, wait. Yeah, repeat that. I feel like I want this set up more. Yeah, tell me. So trauma or illness may sometimes result in a cow unable to get back up. So say it inadvertently went down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And such animals are sometimes called blank. Hamburger? Oh, good one. (laughs) I liked that. Uh, Downers. I don't know why I found that amusing. I like hamburger better. (laughs) So these downers, um, you know, if they're discovered and got back up to their feet, they'll have a good chance of recovery. It just made me think of Debbie Downers. Makes me think of like, like maybe like wildebeest in that kind of like they. Poor wildebeest. Every yeah. nature documentary, they're the ones no. getting like because you see them surrounded and mauled, stumble and shit, and then the fucking lion comes out of yeah. nowhere and like rips their throat. You out always and... see the wildebeest pack running, and then there's the one that strays or falls behind. You're like, you're, you're fucked. And I'm like, don't look at me. It's fine. And they're like, I'm gonna eat you, hamburger. And I'm like, guys, I'll get up in a moment. <laughs> Go eat that baby, please. <laughs> Will so, the beast babies? We don't mess with nature, it happens. I'm sorry. It's natural. Nature. Yeah, it's nature for me to be a wildebeest. <laughs> so this is my favorite part of this Wikipedia article, which I found incredibly amusing. Um dead cows mm, mm, may appear to have been tipped over. But this oh. is actually the process of rigor Right, because their legs are stiffening. Oh. Stiffens the muscles of the carcass. It is particularly noticeable in the limbs, which stick out straight. <laughs> Postmortem bloat also occurs. Right, right, which will make Because it of oh. gas formation inside the po- body. The process may result in cattle carcasses that wind up on their back with all four feet in the air. And it has these lovely... Oh my god. Photos. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh say I've seen one on the side of the road before, and yes, it does because the body gets so bloated. It's like their legs are spread very wide. Their tummies like, are so far. I was like in well, my mind thinking it was more Okay, straight. wait, now I have another myth. I need like they have multiple stomachs, right? Oh yeah. So multiple gas. Like four when they... oh, yeah, how many stomachs? Four stomachs? I was going to say eight, it's, then I'm like, is that the length four. of a spider or the number of like Four is my guess if I was on um, Octo eight. Let's see. Who wants to be a millionaire? I would pick four. I never call me. 
I'm so I bad on the spot for anything. And if it's math, then don't beat my friend after putting me on blast like that. This article also included a couple photo evidence of cows sleeping laying down just to show oh, the yeah. truth that. Yeah, like they could just be sleeping. <laughs> Horses lay down to sleep too. But I love that it had a whole section on dead cows that may appear that they've been yeah. tipped over but are actually dead and bloated. Right. Well, and like how much are these high school or college age kids actually going and like is it awake? I mean, they obviously don't care enough about the well-being to like are you okay? Would you guys like to know more about cow stomachs really quick? Cow just how many? There's one. But it's split into four distinctly separate compartments. That's what mine is too. Dessert, breakfast, <laughs> second breakfast, and Mm-hmm. a mid-lunch dinner so when my sister went to uc davis they it's an ag co- college mm-hmm. um they famously i don't know if they still do but at that time they famously had a cow that had a transparent panel mm-hmm. so you could watch it eating and digesting all throughout like the force stomach sure. i mean i'm i'm sure PETA since then has that, had it shut down have you seen that black mirror episode where they go in and it's like all the um like oddities and stuff and like i can imagine that being an like it's more of an oddity than a fair item yeah it's kind of like when they have the big freezer we've talked about that with the, the hanging children's pets well uc davis <laughs> is also the college <laughs> that collabed with elon musk on the monkey brain implant thing but that was recently yeah that was recent my sister's all right what were they the macaw i think they were yeah so i was like i'm not accepting wikipedia for an answer i'm not taking that sign down with my (laughs) so i found this so there's a modern farmer magazine. Oh, yep, that I've makes sense. Found in they still read magazines. Yeah. Hey, my ex gets wheat life delivered every month. My that's what you do when you got wheat life. 2013 oh, article by Jake Swergan, which is really good. Um, uh, and just provided some other details that I thought were interesting. It says, observe a group of cows laying down in a pasture, and you'll see that no two of them are pointing in the same direction. So they have a natural instinct for protecting the herd against many natural predators. So they'll be like all looking in different directions, which I thought was really cool. Pioneer settlers with the wagons and they're putting Circle the wagon. Is that a myth? I have no idea. I question everything I've ever been told down. No, I think... because I've seen some direct... I've seen some sketches and some books well I've seen some <laughs> oral West tradition from the native um, community that describes those so I think okay. that was a thing well I'll take it I'll take your word for it as third party because mm-hmm. that's what we do well I think oral tradition should be respected as much as I, written I just have history no I agree but I haven't heard it I'm taking your word for it which is take the third part. party aspect but I trust you it's like taking it yeah. you're welcome so this was just saying that they have an instinct for protecting the herd and so they're not going to just all be standing there sleeping and let a bunch of drunken teenagers sneak up on so them. that's the part i'm curious about as you were just saying that they won't let a bunch of uh, do the like bazookas come out like how are these cows protecting themselves in these moments 
Do just they, with the awareness. You just start moving. Oh, because they run. They yeah. Run. I was imagining them attacking. Um, but then they go on the defense. No, the the protection is that they would see a threat coming or sense a threat and then get up and get the fuck out. Right. Sound them move alarm. So they have an incredibly well-developed sense of hearing and smell. So Popular Mechanics, which is a great magazine, did all this research on the physics of tipping a cow. Look at this wonderful graph. Oh my gosh. It's like got how like hypotenuse and shit. All I saw was a triangle and I was like, that's scientific AF. <laughs> so errors, it breaks down is. the amount of force necessary to tip a cow and estimated to be 1,360 newtons, which is how we measure um, force. Someone does that. Yeah. And yeah. so one 145 pound person can typically, typically generate about 660 newtons of force. So at a very, very minimum, there would need to be two people. But this is assuming the cow is not resisting. Mm -hmm. So once you start to push on a cow, obviously it's going to take a derby stance. Uh -huh. It's going to get wide. It's well, going to resist. And they start to, they actually, yeah, they'll start moving. Like they'll just start rearranging their ass around like stop yes. moving. So if you take that into consideration that it's going to brace itself and resist, it's going to be more like five or six people of average strength but some scientists estimate it could be as many as 14 right. depending on the cow and again this is assuming the cow can't move forward and back <laughs> so <laughs> like they're obviously gonna yeah, try to do like, anything bye. other than sideways right but then at that point it's not my idea of cow tipping and my idea no, it was that's... always just sleeping and it just fell over yeah what do we think was actually happening that they just that's... like they freeze and become light. Well, like they're like, sleeping. You know, like, I just figured it was just a hard sleeper and it would just tip over. Remember when you yeah. did the, the freezing, what's, it, what's that called of the, where you freeze the dead animal? Cryogenic. Cryogenic. Like, yeah, where they're just like, I did say I was going to do that with the boo. I didn't, but. Because they are. Yeah. So like, yeah. It yeah. They freeze it so you can and you can put it in a pose. Maybe it's because like an action pose or like a sleepy pose. I mean, does this come out of out of Hollywood in the sense that because I could see that a fake cow has stiff legs <laughs> and when you push it over, it does have that same like you know, it looks a fake. fake cow. Yeah, it looks fake because yeah. you can't get a real cow to do that, obviously. I have to be dead. Or fake. Well, I, I, was, think. I think fake. I don't think they use a dead cow. Who? Anybody in the movies? Yeah, they like portrayed this. Oh, you're talking about the movies. Yeah, well, because I'm saying like I'm thinking like maybe that's where our mental image of them being all stiff and falling is because in movies they have to use. Fake well, and, he and Heather's. Um, I think the what happens? I don't know if they actually show it. In Tommy Boy, I think the cows wake up and all start running. Yeah. I was about to say, and then I, I mean, I was the one that did the topic about the animals and how, oh, like, yeah. horrifyingly, <laughs> they actually probably, they could very well have used a dead cow just to, I don't know. Yeah, the Hollywood. Yeah. Was like Bubble Boy had a dead cow on the side of the road that got hit a bit, not tipped. Hit, not tipped. Different. So I had searched and searched and all the experts really said the same yeah. thing, that it's not possible. It's not a thing. How did you, how are you feeling at this point? In your well, I was like, 
No, I'm not going down without a fight. <laughs> you wanted okay, so you weren't out. you weren't like succeeding. No, I'm like I'm taking it in. Um but I went to, you know, my favorite source for information, YouTube. I'm like, there mm-hmm. has got to be right. a video you're, you're on here. looking for something to tell you otherwise. Of some teens tipping a cow. Like, I, I can't have imagined this. My be there would be many. I pictured there'd be many videos yeah. of teens tipping cows. So the fact that there's not is I, I went deep into the tube. And there was not if you can one, find not a one. On and that's YouTube, where it would be. On YouTube, there are legit horrifying scarring memories in my brain of being a child and finding a random video of like a monkey jacking off a frog. Or jacking off with that. a frog. No. Yeah, no, and it's horrifying. And no, it's, I think it's sucking it off, actually. No. I think there's multiple. I think okay. there's a lot of versions of this that happen because it's pretty frequent. So, like, animals, otters, or a horrible. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I'm doing a lot of pointing. I don't know why that's I'm just going to put my hand in my pocket. See, that doesn't bother me, so that's fine. You don't sorry. like when people do that. No, no, sorry. So, I really expected to find... Some shaky cam video of some drunk teens like going out into a field laughing, uh, like shh, shh, shh. but they're really being loud. The cow's butt because their cow has no idea. Well, I wasn't expecting go, that. Like I would not have watched that because that would have been animal abuse. I mean, is I think cow tipping would be animal abuse too. Well, I th- if if it was my cow and someone did that, I'd be really pissed. But I think that it's probably not as lethal as putting explosives but, inside a but cow's if body. Down, well, no, but if it shot out, in theory, in a comedy movie, it would work as fireworks and a propellant. Right, but I was trying to find real video nothing. because I was oh. trying to confirm my um, right my belief that cow tipping is a thing. Okay, okay. But I couldn't find anything. And were you getting disappointed and frustrated? I was like, unbelieving. Like, maybe it's not real. Right. Like, because everybody has. But. Oh. In a last ditch effort. Oh, oh. I phoned. I did a phone a friend. Okay. Um, I mean, not a phone, but I asked my ex husband, who's a farm boy, Dave, I asked him this morning. And then I said, have you ever heard of cow tipping? It's like, oh yeah. And I go, is it real? He's like, oh yeah. Okay. And I said, have you ever done it yourself? He's like, no, no, no. But you know, I've heard. it was like the same thing. Yeah. No, but I, I've heard you know other people doing it, and yeah. Oh my goodness. And I was so fascinated. So I'm like, I want to know more. Did you tell you, him? Like, he no, works with cows and stuff That's down there. Farm culture, though, like just from again being in that world, like it's. And so the, I just was asking. He's like, yeah. no, it's totally real. He's like, but it would be rare. He said, if it's your cows and they're used to you, they would you would be able to get close to them. But he's like, if it's some strangers, no. But it's like your okay, cows so used he to. Found, so he found specific details to somehow support why it would work. Yeah, so okay, I'm right. I'm not willing to say it's a hundred percent not real. I think it's um I am basically I think there's a possibility. I think there needs to be a field trip. I think there needs to be a possibility. Um possible. <laughs> Test this theory. 
I think you'd have to be super quiet. I, uh, no, no, it's not. I, I have been around cows a lot. The cows really would cry. have to no, uh, no. have stiff legs. That doesn't and stay asleep. We find it a dead cow. Then. A dead cow it would have to be a standing up dead cow. Okay, I'll prop it up in advance <laughs> with sticks, perhaps fireworks. But isn't that interesting though? We all thought it was real. Right, absolutely. And it's it's probably not real. I don't think it's real. Dang. Now. Because like I kind of didn't think it was real to begin with. I thought it was a really mean thing to do, but now I'm actually disappointed that it's not. So I want you to all this homework to just randomly ask people, say, Hey, I'm gonna tell you right now. Hey, have you ever known anyone that's captive or what do you know? No, no, you should just say that you should just say not a don't ask a question, just say, Oh man, I my neighbor was telling me about going cow tipping. And like just like give him a little bit and be like, Have you ever seen have ever seen that before? Oh no, but I've heard you know, like let them like build up the excitement. Or just like, yeah, have you ever heard of cow tipping? And then at the end, do we say it's not real? No, no, you just keep that forever and you just hold that above their head mentally. So just just do a tally sheet. People that think it's real right. versus people that are like, oh. that's not real right away. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we want to change majority opinion on this one. Often I do feel like that's important that we help influence keep, the world, but the I feel going. like I feel like some drunk kids keep going out there and having some humility in the fact that they can't set the cow is not necessarily a bad thing. You don't need to be it's a dream cow pressure. Yeah, they're not here to crush dreams. And they're not gonna be drunk and like you feel like they did. did it anyways. So I crushed my own dreams. You crush Everyone That's how I distinctly I remember in yeah. high school people saying mm-hmm. they were going out to go cow tipping. Right. I distinctly remember that. What if I had gone with them? What were they actually doing? I should have to have seen. Maybe it's it code for going to get drunk in the fields. And maybe like, <laughs> and maybe maybe they were oh. so drunk or on other things that and they actually thought they did. Or <laughs> it was one time, and now everyone or thought they were it. so drunk that they failed, so they thought they messed yeah. up. Other people had been right. Right, you go home feeling like you're a failure. Yeah. So of course you're gonna say that. It's just, did you get laid? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely got laid that so night. So they just like, made it up. Why did like, you sound like you were from Minnesota when you said that? Did I? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's are there cows there? I think so. No, you're. Oh yeah, I had a Minnesota accent. I've been to Minnesota once. Well, apparently you picked up the accent. <laughs> All right. Guess what I'm gonna talk about? I don't know. Thank you. You should though. Why should I? I'm going to talk about confirmation bias. Oh, that's what I was just talking about. I know. <laughs> I know that's what I'm like. I literally like, said I was trying to confirm my bias. I know. It was like rampant. I know I threw in a few plugs in there too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this has come up in a lot, across a lot of our different topics. So it was one that I had on my mental list of like circle around to yeah. sort of things. And we learn about it in counseling, kind of in, I mean, you both not like, so what do you know about it? Mm, <laughs> not much. Okay, all right. <laughs> it exists, maybe. So yeah. we are going to see the things that confirm our beliefs, and we're going to ignore, often unconsciously, the yes. things that don't confirm our beliefs. Right. Okay, so... 
So are people displayed bias when they select information that supports their viewpoints. So you have a specific worldview and you're going to be looking from that lens that is specifically finding information that aligns with how you view the world. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what other information is there, you are cherry picking pieces and often, again, like unknowingly. And many people in a lot of the studies, I'll talk about some of them, um, say that they are not doing that. Like they're very intentionally not doing that. And mm-hmm. then they are. Mm-hmm. So it's unaware. Right. Unaware because this is part of um, what I, in this research, first of all, there's actually way more research around this than I was expecting. And it is uh, very tied to emotion because we are looking for a desired outcome. So there's a reason why it's not just like, just because like we have some internal reason that we may not even understand and confirmation bias cannot be gotten rid of, can't be eliminated, it can be managed. So you can be aware of it and you can, or try to be, try to be, and maybe put in some like, like if I'm not sure about something or I'm like, gosh, you know, it seems like I really picked something that aligned or like I had a big choice, maybe an ethical decision for a client. Mm-hmm. And like, I felt really passionate about my choice. Passion is kind of your red flag. If you felt really passionate about it and you came to a decision quickly, maybe staff with someone else. Like I'd say, hey, Naomi, what do you think about this? Just to get different lenses. Mm-hmm. So, um, happens in counseling a lot because, uh, I mean, clients do, but we do it too as counselors. Oh yeah. I mean, it's part of our wiring, but you can work against it once you become aware of it. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I sometimes try to do is if I feel myself having a snap judgment, Mm -hmm. I'll consciously try to find three pieces of evidence. That's the opposite. Mm-hmm. which is what um so like when we were going into like research like when I did the PhD program they tell you to find a gap to do your research study on so something that you don't have an answer for but then you do have to create a hypothesis something you believe about it but then you have to create the null hypothesis which is the exact opposite and so you actually have to both look at research for why your reasoning research and then why not your reasoning research so confirmation bias there's some there are actually different types which i didn't know some of these breakdowns myself so maybe maybe subtly but not so specific so there's attitude polarization and this is when a disagreement becomes more extreme even though the different parties are exposed to the same evidence so we have the same evidence, but because I have a certain viewpoint on it, I'm going to then like go to even farther towards my opinion. And you're going to go even farther towards your opinion, even though the information in the middle is exactly the same. Okay. Then there's belief perseverance. And this is when the belief persists after the evidence is shown to be false. Cow tipping. Mm. Right. Right. Because right here, like at the very end, like you were, that was why I'm like, I'm going to choose not to believe it. <laughs> that was why. <laughs> because you showed me enough evidence that I'm like, 
It's not it's true. Really positive. I yeah. just always have that little bit of a crack keeping my mind open to things because I know I'll science say, has been shown to right. be wrong down the road. I'll say 99%, 90, or maybe 94 even. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it not work. But this is when people hold to their belief even once they've shown evidence. Right. You mean like, like flat earthers? Right. Yeah. Right. And so, and people get really frustrated when they're trying to maybe argue with someone who's in a confirmation kind of yeah. cycle because it's you're like why aren't you getting this um and and we'll talk about this in here and a little bit about the why part i never argue some people I like well this is about complete waste of time intelligence it's not about intelligence it has more yeah. to do with rush like thinking about um kind of rational decision making models and how the brain processes that information you say you don't argue, like obviously within therapy sessions, but just in general, like if, if there's like it's a someone waste of my who completely, time. Like, I have no desire to try to convince somebody of something. Well, there's no if they want to listen to me and I want to, and I'll listen to them. Like, but that's not an argument. Well, that's why it doesn't I don't need work. to convince people. Yeah, right. It doesn't something. work anyways because they already at this point, if they're already in this point, it makes they, them hold stronger. They already have all the information. Yeah, and all you're doing is creating that polarized. Mm-hmm effect um where they'll just kind of go even farther away and you'll go farther away and now you're not friends yeah <laughs> like that sort of yeah, thing yeah yeah there's okay and then there's the irrational the irrational primacy effect which is a greater reliance on the information encountered early in a series so this i found really interesting with the opinion that was held at the start even if information changes by the end is more likely to be the opinion that they hold at the end. Say it again. Okay. <laughs> so if you're given an a, like a case study and you're kind of, and you're told to make a decision about a moral judgment that was made in there. And you're like, okay, here's why I think this was right, a right choice. And then they add and give you additional information that actually gives more context, more information Mm -hmm. that maybe even pretty clearly lines out that it was wrong Mm -hmm. or could have been viewed as wrong. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to pick whatever opinion you had at the beginning than to take and then to change. Yeah. Then to change the stance based on new information. What is this? Because our brains, this is where our brains have a big part to do with it. Our brains, that initial confirmation, we go, this is my decision. New information comes in. The brain hears that, but it's already decided. Mm. And so it would take a lot and a lot more on more of a, um, like a, because it's not decision-making model-wise, that doesn't work. It's not okay, I have to have the right pros and cons. It's not that anymore. It has to be an emotionally driven change based on their own values. Think about how many times you've changed your mind about something. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. And probably more often you didn't change your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you think about in the more emotion involved, the harder it is. So the first thing that came to my mind when I was reading about this was people who have been in domestic violence situations mm, Yeah. for outside perspectives, leave, right. Get out, get help. Yeah. But when you're in it, you are, it's the decision you made, whether logical 
fully by those steps or not is the decision you made and you are finding ways your brain is finding ways to support that decision Mm -hmm. even if information has changed Mm -hmm. okay so then so and i think that's an important like it's not just i think people go to politics like the big thing that people fight about yeah right right. i'm thinking about ufos no and that totally comes up to a lot in this research Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah uh, that was a big part of the the Thanks part so. of it, right? Sasquatch. Uh, if I can't Sasquatch. hit it with my car, it doesn't exist. Like it, it's got to be on the side of the road somewhere by now. Um, I learned that Sasquatch. I just learned this a couple days ago, which is really cool. Sasquatch mm-hmm. is in the language of the Spokane tribe, so that uh-huh. word is known internationally, and it's a local term. Well, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't remember. Huh. We looked it up what it meant, and I can't remember now. It's like big something so that or wild something i can't remember that's really cool but yeah. it's a yeah it's in it's a say halish word mm-hmm. salish cool um and everybody knows that term not it is spread pretty <laughs> much everywhere yeah uh the then the last one is the illusor illusor illusory illusor correlation <laughs> so like illusion correlation illusory when, thank you. When, Hard to grab. And this is when people falsely perceive an association between two events or situations. So this is like that Nostradamus effect where oh. I have a belief and then I hear a thing and now I'm making a correlation between those things. And I now always look for signs and symbols. Right. So that's always that's could be part of it. Maybe not. Well, I mean, I'm connecting things that aren't necessarily connected. Right. So it's a correlation, right? Like when I decided to move to Spokane or move to California versus Spokane, mm. I literally based it on the next song that came on the radio, mm-hmm. whether it's going to go north or south. And the song told me south and I moved back to California. It was a Led Zeppelin song. So the perception was that somehow nice. that like there was a greater force of being that would tell you. Going to California right. with an egg in my heart. So a lot that of the song. I mean, that's pretty like look at you. <laughs> look at you confirmation biasing right now. All we are confirmation biasing. There's something else at play here. I don't know. All Just over saying. the place. All over the place. <laughs> A lot of the experiments were done in the, in the 1960s around bias, which I thought was pretty interesting. It was around that time frame um, where people are confirming their existing beliefs. Uh, later, work has been kind of re- reinterpreted in different research. Uh, flawed decisions due to confirmation bias have been found in politics, organizations, financial, scientific contexts, medical industries. And it contributes to overconfidence in personal beliefs and can maintain or strengthen beliefs of in the face of evidence, which goes against our we love science statement, right? Mm-hmm. Because that inductive reasoning, again, is not is not part of the process here. So this isn't that people aren't aren't intelligent and that they can't do that. This is just not what's the process that's happening in the brain when people are in confirmation bias a different mode is happening they're processing so a medical practitioner for example we know this um and actually i just wanted to kind of the dsm we harp on it a lot i almost threw my phone across the room just now just now because you said dsm right 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 so as i was like reading about this 
in depth, I have really even more bad feelings <laughs> about the DSM because it is so bad. It literally surrounds itself around confirmation bias because you are specifically saying, here's a diagnosis. Here's the title, first of all. Here's the research we have gathered, which we have gathered by specific people that we have chosen with specific mm-hmm. backgrounds and perspectives that we align with. Mm-hmm. And they have said this, that leads us to think these things are required in order to have this be true. So then as a counselor, you look at it and say, okay, I now am seeing this trait in this person based on the fact that I've been taught about this trait as being significant. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're looking for the criteria. Right. Versus like what are you missing because you're focused on that criteria exactly and it's a deficits model and if we know and there's research that supports this don't throw more that wasn't as satisfying as i wanted it to be i know there's the head it was too too papery the doll head the doll head head. head. not the rock this is porcelain is it oh i don't know it's porcelain it was shattered oh no do you want to scream I'm into gonna, a pillow? I don't. I don't, I don't pillow. want to break Johnny Nobody. No. <laughs> scream into the pillow. Oh, that I mean, never works for me. I think my bottom touches. Um, definitely mine. No, so, but a lot of people like to pick at that thread. Oh, that's in anxiety. That would give me anxiety watching them pick that thread. Um, that's how you can tell that they have anxiety. Right. You don't need the DSM. I don't you need just, the DSM. Let's add a new criteria, thread picking. Right. So we're literally teaching new counselors a model of confirmation bias. That's yeah. literally what it is. And and that's what they're looking for. And if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. And research shows that counselors are more likely to diagnose based on their specialty. I'm more likely to see oh, yeah, OCD symptoms in folks because I've specialized in that. Um, and it's true overlap anyway yeah trauma but even that statement they sometimes overlap anyways we say things like that to justify sometimes why we're leaning a direction versus another. Well, it just shows how meaningless those symptoms are if they could mean this or this yeah, or this, or this. yeah right. so like why then do they become this diagnosis that's so that looks so concrete but yet it could be any of these. Like, and I hate how much weight is put on the criteria and the diagnosis. Yeah, no, these four things. <laughs> when you reach these four, but oh, four, oh, you only have three? Nope. Yeah, not, you don't get it. No coverage, no diagnosis, no counseling for you. I don't care if you can't get out of bed. It doesn't matter. You, you don't feel hopeless enough. You didn't say the right thing. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, You only had two criteria. Yeah. So there's, you can see how there's issues even in our own field, even with assessments, there's bias. Wording can change everything, which is what I found in some of this research that was pretty shocking. So um, there was a, a case where they, or a study that they did, and they just described parent A in very neutral terms, was a uh, a kind of a, a moderate caregiver, provided basic needs, um, needs were met, very neutral terms were used. Moderate caregiver? I don't even know what that means. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think they use that word. I'd have to I'd pull it up. 
Um, but they, but they, uh, let's see if I can find them. Um, does that mean they weren't too doting or neglectful? They're kind of middle of the road. I'll find out. Find neutral. Very <laughs> neutral caretaking approach. Here it is. Okay. So here it is. Okay. So I'm more of a smotherer. It was a, it was a fictional it was actually a fictional um like child custody case that they used so they changed a little bit of the wording this was okay so participants read that parent a was quote i was right moderately suitable to be the guardian in multiple moderately ways suitable and that's all they said moderately suitable in multiple ways i feel like that saying nothing in many different words right <laughs> right like they should be the caretaker again fictional moderate. fictional here moderate okay suitable. and then parent b was reported as having a mix of salient positive and negative qualities a close relationship with the child but a job that would take them away for long periods of time so the second one had some detail with the positive and a negative at least according to at least we know they're getting some good and okay some bad the other one i don't know what they're getting right right now this is where it gets weird okay so when asked which parent should have custody of the child oh just based on those two sentences (laughs) yeah yep the majority of participants chose parent b however when asked which parent should be denied custody of the child they chose parent B. Interesting. Right. Because. Yeah, why? Because it's implying that parent. Right. So um, they looked for negative when the question, it's about the question, how the question was worded. Mm-hmm. And the first one, it, the question is worded, which parent should have custody of the child? It's a positive. So they're looking for a uh, positive statement. Mm-hmm. Parent B has a positive statement listed. Oh, interesting. The yeah. second one is who shouldn't get custody. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a negative statement. The question was asked separately to different. Yes, 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 yes. So oh, parent, that's what didn't right, make right, sense right, to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then parent B, though, like they have a negative also yeah. in there. So the brain is looking for that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. really didn't have to do with anything about the information in it. It was just the positive and negative stickers. And the other one was so, oh, they're so that. right the power of the labels and the language is powerful. Right. Words power. Yeah. So I thought that was just like amazing and horrifying at the same time because that exists. <laughs> that mm-hmm. totally exists in our legal system. Um, a lot of other studies have been done with this around diagnostic tests. So there was one test where participants rated another person on an introversion extroversion personality dimension. And then they got to choose interview questions from like a big long long list. And what they found was that people who chose introvert, chose introvert on the scale for their client, picked questions about introversion. So which presumed introversion. So for example, what do you find unpleasant about noisy parties? Hmm. Um, When the interviewee was described as extroverted, all the questions that were picked were presumed extroversion, such as what would you do to liven up a dull party? So who's picking the questions? The uh whoever the provider or whatever was in here. So like it seemed like very leading the witness questions. Yeah. Right, right, right. So like because I view Especially you that first one. Right, right, right. Because mm-hmm. I view you as extroverted, 
I'm going to just in my brain again is going to just subtly pick questions that lead me to ask you questions that make you sound extroverted. Because if I say, what would you do to liven up a party? You're going to tell me what you do to liven up a party, introverted or extroverted. You're going to tell me that. Even though it's an extrovert question. Right. This reminds me of, there was some study where um, a parent would go into the preschool um, and if you go up to the teacher and say, oh, my child is so smart and so excited to be here and they always do their best or mm-hmm. maybe kindergarten, not preschool, but you kind of like give, like feed them that this mm-hmm. child is like special and great and smart. Then the teacher ends up like giving them more attention and spending more yeah. time with them, which then makes the child actually live up to that potential. Whereas if you go in and say, oh, yeah. He's really struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like the teacher. That's what they're going to say. It is like not great. Well, and this lines up a lot with what we've talked about with like police questioning too. Mm -hmm. um, Because they are loaded questions in the sense that you are directing and guiding. Like you said, they're they're leading and there's no opportunity to say otherwise. Because you don't actually know that what I'm saying by those questions that is that you're an extrovert. There's no open-ended thing for you to be like, yeah, but I actually don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. in those situations. Mm-hmm. Cause that's not the question I'm asking you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so police can use these tactics sometimes to try to get specific answers out mm-hmm. of people. Um, and it's very powerful because socially you're wanting to comply and you don't, again, you're going to answer I watch a lot of police interviews and it happens quite a lot. Yeah. And it's not lying. It's not actually even like, it's not me. It's not you falsely confessing to something, but you are admitting to be an extrovert. And if I'm trying to show that your extroversion somehow led to a crime because you're impulsive as a person, like you're you're leading a jury to come to a conclusion about you as a person yeah i was gonna say lawyers i'm sure use this like right well, remember the whole satanic panic right, topic. right 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 the the people that were using puppets and stuff to ask the kids if they're abused at the daycare it was very leading oh yeah and it's little kids so of course they're gonna just go along with whatever you're talking about sure mm-hmm. so there was um a follow-up study that was done to this one that said, or that provided more neutral kind of diagnostic questions that were more open-ended. One of the examples was like, um, do you shy away from social interactions? Which gives a choice in how they answer. And actually most, most of the providers preferred those Mm -hmm. types of questions and they would pick them. If they're, well, it's just the, like, I think on a certain level, we understand when rationally that that makes sense to do. But if those options aren't there, we're left to our own devices and we do what we have. And that may be the power of authority, too. When you work at an agency, you use the assessment they give you. Mm-hmm. You may not question what's within it. Question everything. Yes. Personality traits that interact um, or personality traits influence and interact with uh, bias search processes. And this can vary in the ability to defend their attitudes from external attacks. So selective exposure occurs when individuals are searching for information that is consistent and can confirm their own beliefs. 
And this can take the form of an only watching like one news channel, for example, mm-hmm. which happens all the time from every, everyone, most people, most people. Um, people generate and evaluate evidence and arguments that are biased towards their own beliefs and assumptions and this heightened confidence. So what happens is over time, your confidence level just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So again, it's not that people are less intelligent who are jumping to these things. It is their confidence has been boosted because they have all this evidence to support their belief and, and you coming once at them to say the contrary you know, that's one thing here compared to all this information they've been gathering continuously. And it's not even necessarily evidence. It could just be repetition. So the propaganda right. effect where mm-hmm. if you just hear something mm-hmm. over and over, you're going to believe it. Right, right. So um, another experiment gave participants a complex rule discovery task that involved moving objects simulated by a computer. Objects on the computer screen followed specific kind of laws for how it operated. And the participants had to figure out what what laws those were participants could fire objects across the screen to test the hypothesis despite making many attempts over 10 hour sessions none of the participants figured out the rules of the system they typically attempted to confirm rather than falsify their hypothesis and were reluctant to consider alternatives even after seeing with objective evidence that refuted their hypothesis so mm-hmm. They not only had the opportunity to test it for 10 hours, they then were given the evidence of why their their position was wrong. And this study was similarly done um, with an an article was given to a group of participants. They read it, got an idea about their belief system about it, and they were then given more information that said actually hey you're wrong but like here's the the facts and then their response to that so you think like you take it in that information process it but they went right back to the original and what they did was it's very strategic what the brain is doing it's very Mm -hmm. complicated they went and found little pieces of information to justify their original thing but it by Mm -hmm. scrutinizing the actual facts given to them so it'd be things like well, this is not a long enough study to be able to justify that hypothesis. Or it'd be something like the um, the number of participants cannot be generalized to larger groups of people. Like they would intellectualize based on something that might very well be true, even though the whole of the article is saying that they're, they are wrong. They'll use that to then justify their rightness. I used to be a real brat. are you identifying with some of this yeah yeah and like I was in a whole place of like I'm gonna find something that you are telling us that is not true and so I would just sit in college classes and just be listening for that one thing oh my gosh that I could challenge them on I have a quote here I was fucking (laughs) ODD I pulled pulled this quote and that sounds so okay I mean I have college professors describe me as obstinate you know because I was Mm -hmm. I mean that's what I was in class doing I was literally just not listening to learn I was listening for something that I could 
Yes. Turn back on him right. and be like, actually, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. Or I have a concern with Michael. I was that student. Michael Shermer said, "Butthole." Michael Shermer <laughs> says, "Smart people believe weird things <laughs> because because they are skilled at defending beliefs they arrived at for non-smart reasons." I was just being a butthole. My husband does that. Yeah, like you have a have a like. A belief built on whatever, mm-hmm. and then, but then you are so skilled, smart, and intelligent that you have built up defenses along the way. And my upbringing, anti-authority, anti-establishment. Right, right. I mean, so it just led sense. me to those places. Yeah, where maybe I'm not going to just be spoon-fed some information. Well, I'm going to challenge you. I agree. Authority, <laughs> but but <laughs> I like this though. That's how I was against them. <laughs> That non-smart reason I don't agree with because I do think some of this may be survival based, like a little bit more biologically driven of feeling threatened. Um, in what if your value system is being threatened, like oh, yeah. what does that like mean? rolling over is not going to be the thing I'm going to do. Right, right, and so it's not just about that, but it's also thing. cultural. I mean, it's my about parents were hippies or advocates. Like I was raised doing advocacy work, protesting. Like it was just part of who I was but I was also a little butthole also <laughs> right I mean, I'm looking back I'm like oh, really gosh I was a yeah like I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry I don't do that anymore now I have a completely different attitude when I go into most classes uh where I I have an empty teacup attitude where I go go with an empty teacup because if you go thinking you know everything and your teacup is full, there's yeah. no room to learn anything. Mm-hmm. So for 90% of the learning opportunities I'm involved with now, I go in with a beginner's mindset. I like it. Um, or else I'm not going to learn anything. Right. If you go in thinking you know everything, you're not going to learn anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have had the occasional teacher where I'm like, I, you don't know I'm not. Right, 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 right. I'm not down <laughs> for this. Well, and this is where the emotion part ties in, too. They did a study with MRI scans and had people go in and, and make these decisions while their brains are being scanned. And uh, one study found that as participants were evaluated with contradictory statements by their favored candidate emotional centers of their brain were getting aroused so they like were getting emotionally activated by hearing someone that they liked saying something that countered um the experimenters inferred that the different responses to the statements were not due to passive reasoning errors um or sorry sorry i apologize this did not happen by the statements of the other figures so they had some candidates that they liked some that Mm -hmm. they just were they didn't like or yeah Mm -hmm. so and only the ones that they had aligned with had emotional reactions to that. Mm-hmm. And the participants were actively reducing the cognitive dissonance induced by reading about their favorite candidates' irrational or hypocritical behavior. So their brain was actually um, allowing them to allowing them to disconnect from the why it doesn't make logical sense that that urge to make logical sense of have you ever argued with someone ever again and you'd like well this 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 and this their brain is actually doing a process where it's permitting that to kind of skip a step if it's someone that they're in favor with or a thought that they're you know in line with Mm -hmm. 
So it's just kind of going past that. Um, and these bias are persistent regardless of intelligent level. Participants in the in experiments have taken, uh, in most of these have taken an SAT test. They're trying to really show consistency that this is not about intelligence level. Um, they all have like fully informed, they're aware of what the studies look like. Uh, so this just is definitely, and it's not one group versus another group. It is all people have confirmation bias. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's not restricted to emotionally significant topics either. In another experiment, participants were told a story about a theft. They had to rate the evidential importance of statements arguing either for or against a particular character being responsible. When they hypothesized the character's guilt, they rated statements supporting that hypothesis as more important than the conflicting statements. So again, just supporting that decision. Um, It's really interesting. I just actually fairly recently had a had a series of student interviews and they, there's a what's called a draw drawbridge scenario exercise. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. So it gives a scenario where like this uh, queen is married to or baroness is married to the baron and um, he says, I'm going, I'm going to come back, uh, but come back before this time frame or the drawbridge will be pulled up and you'll be killed. No one's allowed in. She thought she'd be back in time. She leaves to go meet up with her lover. Lover. Lover outside of town. Okay. They spend too much time loving. Uh-oh. And then <laughs> and then she's she's like, oh no, I need help. I need to have someone. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes up to the 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 guard at the end of the gate and he's like, uh, if you try to cross this bridge, I will have to kill you. I've been ordered to kill you. So she goes back and she's like, I need to, there's a boatman who can take me across. The boatman says, well, I need money. Okay, she doesn't have money. So she goes back. She goes to the lover and says, I, you know, this is life or death. Lover, I need money. Lover. she just stay with the lover? Lover. Well, and she that she doesn't make that choice. She, she says, lover, I need money. And lover says, you know, I, this has just been purely physical for me. And I'm, so out. I'm not getting involved in this. <laughs> right, right, right. You're on your own. Okay, so then she what goes to a friend that's in town and says, I really need help. This is the situation. Can so I she's trying to get some coin to right. cross the river. Right, and then, and then friend says, you know, you really kind of put, built this scenario. I'm not going to contribute in this either. I'm not going to give you the money because you, you know, you, you're, you, may have built you cheated, bridge, you cheated yeah. on the Baron. You left, like you knew your choices. So, she, so, okay. Okay. So this, this is great. So then she goes, I don't know what's happened before. Right. Right. So then she goes, Back to the bridge. Maybe these are healthy boundaries for the friends. She goes back to the bridge and the guardsman kills her. She dies. So so the question that's posed to the students is rank in order who's the most responsible for or self the like who's the most responsible? Fairness for being late. She should have been punctual. She knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So someone who's been put in a system of structure where um, someone else is telling them how their life is going to look, whether they like it or not. Obviously, she didn't like that. 
yeah. is being given a life or death consequence for not following through. I mean, if we're going to do a responsibility pie, I guess yeah. everybody can have a slice. <laughs> so, so basically this whole scenario like weighs out into a, a whole ethical quandary of power and authority and how much, um, waiting is given to different aspects and like the the friend being that the concept of like that liberal helper of like I'll help however if I'm not if I'm going to get harmed in any way like if I'm going to be held liable and you're like I don't want to be involved like I I'm not going to help you um the boatman is just doing his job you know don't give me the money but is there no ethical responsibility there? What does that look like? I, is that know, I had a situation like this when I was a teenager. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Were you? Where I really needed some help, <laughs> but I had burned some fucking bridges mm-hmm. and nobody was helping me. Uh-huh. And I had to suffer some consequences. Right. And I wanted to blame, blame, blame. Right. But at the end of the day, it's my, it's my fucking fault. Agreed. Yeah. I made all the choices that led to nobody wanting to help me. That was all me. Mm-hmm. But we don't know fully the situation of Baroness with husband. So it's, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, first of all, the Baron is clearly willing to kill his wife if she, with, well, that's why she wanted the lover. 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 So, <laughs> so there's that aspect of like, there's a power and a structure uh, weighted to his favor in that way. So trust me, the most people rate him up there because he ordered it technically. Um, he's going I by... think he's the nobody in this story. Yeah, because that's just he's on he's... the other side of the drawbridge. <laughs> but playing out the rules of the... right, but yet he has so much power to and so much that's life. That's how it is. That's the way. It right, is. and so what but are the hands are? Barriers? I mean, physically cleaned. He didn't like. I mean, if it was like he a legal case, you hire an assassin. Guess you're going to be. So is it? So then, are you saying the where's the, the way? Are you saying the gateman then, who actually killed her, is the one responsible? No, because then he would have gotten killed. Because he was told, he, he was told it. it was his job. But to he, do it. I mean, he. I think you know. He shouldn't have taken that responsibility. Job. Pie. Everyone's yeah. going to have okay, a slice. Okay, so the executioner. And, and so we have executioners in the United States. Um, are they then the responsible party committing? They're part of it. I mean, just following orders in the Hitler days, I mean, like those people like are that. responsible. The, experiment, the shock right. one. Shock. So they're the so, oh, yeah, yeah right, when they right. thought they were shocking the people, but they were the authority told them to yeah. Stanford Prison like, Experiment. It's not so my responsibility. exactly. So very symbolic of systemic mm-hmm. barriers, right? Of yeah. those things. So, anyways, all of this to say that a lot of confirmation bias is also tied into our societal layerings of power and authority, and that our value systems are impacted by that and how we choose to take information in. Because it's really interesting to watch students process this. And then what happens, is a fun we have them do it all individually and score their individual ratings. And then we say, now you all have to talk and create one. And then to watch that conversation happen. Of them, <laughs> well, you, you see the people, like, they'll find one thing about what you said that related. Okay, I can bend on this because you stated this and I agree with that part of it. And so they'll agree with it then. Yeah. So how people come to decision making is really I've interesting. I've never really been a fan of thought experiments. Let's get out there and do it for reals. 
Let's go get a drawbridge. Let's get a fucking alligator. Let's get a moat. And then let's see how it really plays out in real life. I like moats. I love moats. All right. Well, until next time, we're going to build a freaking moat. Alligator filled moat and see who gets to cross it. And don't step in a cow pie. And if you have a a snap judgment, find three pieces of evidence to counter it. Come to the classroom with your teacup empty. Oh, Sarah. I love that. I love it too. I'm taking it with me. Take it with you in your empty teacup. <laughs> Take it with you and then confirm your biases. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs>